It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is a Locked On NFL podcast. What is going on? It is Sunday evening, right before the Sunday nighter kicks off. I am going to talk with the hosts of Locked On Panthers, Locked On Texans, Locked On Chargers, who played the very early game. But we're starting off, and we're going to do it in that order, of course, and we're starting off with the Panthers. Bill Rossetti joins us, the host of Locked On Panthers. All you Panthers fans and NFC South Folks need to check that podcast out for sure. We are brought to you by Vivid Seats. We are brought to you by MyBookie. And you can follow me on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Bill, what is shaking, dude? Not much, Matt. I really appreciate you having me on here. Um, Glad to finally get a chance to talk to you, talk some Panthers football coming off uh, a big victory for them today. Yeah, I mean, going into this one, I think on Friday, I said something along the lines of, it's getting to the. I mean, I know it's not at the end of the season, but it kind of has that playoff feel with some of these NFC games, and this one had that kind of feel to me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, uh, two teams that when they go up against each other always seems like it's a, a tight battle. Uh, you know, Carolina getting a chance to go into the house of the defending champs, uh, looking for a little bit of revenge after last last season's close game on that Thursday night, uh, and you know, two teams at this point, fighting for playoff position. So, yeah, this had a, a a real exciting atmosphere. Yeah, and from what I noticed of the game, well, one thing I think is pretty clear with this team now is they have a wide variety of weapons. And, I mean, with Olsen back, you know, Moore's starting to step up a little bit, Samuel's starting to show up, McCaffrey and Funches are pretty much constants now. Funches is playing well. I thought they picked on the Eagles' corners in particular quite well in this game. Yeah, you really started to see as as the game progressed, they kind of opened the passing game a little more. And I kind of expected they would go after the cornerbacks, especially Jalen Mills. We saw mm-hmm. how much Mills had been struggling over the last couple of weeks. So uh, it, it's really not surprising to me. You know, the surprise was how slow they kind of started. But once they started to kick into gear and really started to take advantage of that matchup, uh, you, you kind of saw it really flying. So, yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me that uh, these Panthers receivers were able to match up so well against uh, against the Eagles secondary, especially the corners, like you said. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, the it looked like the running game besides Newton, you know, was pretty tough sledding. Yeah. Uh, that Newton seemed to pick up as the game went on, you know, more hurry up, you know, found matchups he liked. And I also thought on that side of the ball that, you know, Fletcher Cox in particular caused them some problems. Yeah, and that, that's not really surprising. You no. know, we kind of figured uh, Fletcher Cox was going to be a little bit, bit of a problem. You know, even going back to last week against the Redskins, they struggled to run the ball a bit. And we know the Redskins have a, a very good front seven. So uh, not really surprised. We, we kind of expected that this front seven would get after it. And, you know, Cox got involved, like you said. Michael Bennett had a sack. Um, Brandon Graham. So it was kind of a, 
a collection of, of players there on the Eagles side that, you know, in, in the early going, definitely made life miserable for Cam Newton. You know, the offense, they, they really made the offense slug. And this is two weeks in a row now that um, it, it was almost like a replay of last Sunday against Washington. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, and, and I also thought, you know, along with Newton getting better, that the defense got better late in the game. You know, yeah. they they really stopped the run well in general. Again, this isn't super shocking, but Keekly to me, looked like a, you know, as good as ever. I mean, Hall of Fame level performance yet again, even though Wentz went 30 for 37. Yeah, I mean... Keekly, you know, he had those couple big stops late in the game, uh, especially I think it was only a few minutes left. The Eagles are driving with a chance to win the game. You know, the, the second to last drive I'm talking about, he had a big stop. I believe it was on second down. Um, you know, a couple plays before forcing the Eagles to punt. So Keekly, again, he's the real deal, like you said. Yeah, um, absolutely. Eric Reed uh, came up with some big plays. Uh, the entire secondary, really, I think, too. I think played particularly well. So yeah, as definitely as the fourth quarter went on, uh, that Panthers defense really started to show what they could be made of. Yeah, I mean the secondary isn't loaded with big names, and I think people look at it like it's a weakness, but I think it's rounding into shape pretty well. It, it really is, you know. And with Eric Reed giving you not just that veteran leadership, but obviously the the fantastic play that he's shown over the last couple of weeks, I think is really kind of spread out, if you want to say that, to the rest of the defense. You know, particularly James Bradbury, who had a couple nice plays. Uh, Dante Jackson continued to have a good rookie season. You know, so, and, and that's really kind of always been the weakness of this Panthers defense. Right. So now to see that they, that that unit has improved over the last couple of weeks, it just makes that entire defensive unit and really the entire Panthers team just that much more better and that, that much more dangerous in this NFC. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And speaking of the NFC, it's looking kind of cloudy for you know the playoffs, obviously. It's a very good conference. Yep. What, where are you feeling? I mean, the Saints just got a big win. I think they're pretty clearly the number one team in the South. Do you think? Yeah. Do you agree with me? And do you think the Panthers are now pretty clearly number two? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I do too. The, the Saints just continue. The Saints, uh, they're just so good right now you know yeah. five and one uh big win in baltimore like you said uh so yeah they're they're definitely the favorites right now in the south and it's really going to make those last three weeks very interesting since you know the panthers and saints play each other twice in those three games in, in those last three weeks but yeah the panthers are definitely clearly number two you know the falcons they picked it up a little bit last week but they're still kind of on the downside and the buccaneers yeah they beat the browns but i think they've shown that those first two wins were kind of a fluke and they're starting to trend back on on kind of the wrong side of the ball. So no doubt the Saints are one, the Panthers are two, and the Panthers are definitely in the mix, at least for a wild card spot, if not the division. Yeah, I agree. Just no defense in Tampa, no defense in Atlanta. Um, right. I, I think Carolina's much more well-rounded and one of the more yeah. well-rounded teams in the league overall. A absolutely. Listen, you know, like, like I said, the fact now that the secondary has been playing well, it, it just makes – that team just so good. You know, I, I think this is a Panthers team now that can compete with just about anybody in the, in the NFC. You know, you can make the argument that the only teams better in the NFC right now than the Panthers 
are the Saints and the Rams. So yeah. they're they're right there in the mix. I think there's a possibility for them to make uh, a little bit of noise should they make the playoffs, which right now I kind of expect them to. Yeah, I do too. Um, Bill, can you tell everyone where to find you? And then I want to tell everyone about our friends over at MyBookie. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bill underscore Setti. That's R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. I uh, follow my work at uh, Panthers Wire. I contribute a bit to Bengals Wire as well. And obviously uh, the Locked On Panthers podcast, which yeah. you can check out Monday when I recap what was this wild victory for the Panthers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And if you guys want to get you know more information on this game and specifically the Panthers, you got to tune into that. Um, I've told you all about my bookie quite a bit. And to be very honest, I would only recommend a service to you guys that's been good to me, which is exactly what my bookie's been. I mean, that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. Every Friday I go there and we sit here and chat and we pick games straight up and against the spread. They, You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting. I love that. The over-under on fantasy points scored, which is a blast too. And the most rewarding player perks in the business. However, they're doing such good work, and I've told you this before, my bookie is slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern, and maybe you're listening to this tonight, Sunday evening, and that's a perfect time to do it, they give an, an extra 25 bucks for free, just right on top. So as long as you deposit over 100 bucks, they match your deposit dollar for dollar, and we'll throw in that $25 free if you use our promo code, LOCKEDON25. It's LOCKEDON25. That activates the offer. So, again, if you're willing to hold out until after 7, you get an extra 25 bucks free. And, hey, it's up to you guys, but I would certainly take that extra money. That seems like a no-brainer to me. You win, you get paid. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, we are back. We are back with Robert Land. Robert Land is the host of host of... of Locked on Texans. Um, second phase of the, the journey here tonight on Sunday night. Robert, great to have you. How are you? Doing good. If you counted us for dead, I mean, it's like Halloween's yeah. coming up. We're, 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 we're rising from the dead, baby. Yeah, <laughs> but let's just start right there. I mean, the AFC is crazy. The AFC South is frankly disappointing and winnable. Do you like your chances? You think you got a shot? They look like the best team right now. I mean, the Titans, uh, they can't score. The offense has got all sorts of problems. I mean, we w- watched the Jags today, and it's uh, Blake Bortles getting benched, and they haven't scored the last three games in the first half with today's game. So, I mean, if you look at the rosters, I mean, I thought from the beginning of the season that the Texans had their best roster, uh, but it, it's looking more and more like, yeah, they, they should be the favorites. And, of course, they, they've got the solo lead now. Yeah, insane. I mean, you mentioned Bortles, so I don't want to stray too much from the Texans, but let's just have a quick conversation about the quarterbacks in this thing. I mean, I said on Sun or on Friday, I give Watson a 50% chance of finishing this game. <laughs> you know, I mean, considering 
all the ailments he had. He couldn't even fly there. They had to charter a bus for him. That didn't sound so great. The status of the Texans O-line, a pissed-off Jags pass rush after embarrassing themselves in Dallas. I'm like, Watson's going to get killed in this game. And then Bortles gets pulled, too. I mean, what was your take watching this game on the quarterback play? Deshaun's doing a better job last couple of games, especially this game, of taking care of himself. You know, he was getting down. He was getting out of bounds when he had to. And that's the type of stuff that he wasn't doing earlier in the season. I mean, partly there was some blame on the coaching, but a lot of it was Deshaun himself. And, you know, unfortunately, the Deshaun that we saw last year, uh, he just wasn't doing all the smart things that he was doing last year. He wasn't throwing it away when he needed to. He wasn't making smart throws. Uh, he he wasn't getting down. He wasn't uh, avoiding the hits. He was playing like Russell Wilson plays last year, the way he handles it with a bad offensive line this year. He just wasn't doing that. And Bortles on the other end, I mean, he, he was losing the ball. He was taking some hits. And, you know, I haven't, seen, I haven't had a chance to really concentrate on the Jags. Outside of this game, uh, you know, haven't seen him a ton, but uh, yeah, Bortles, it, it, it doesn't look good. The offense overall just doesn't look good. They've got a lot of issues. Did he deserve to get pulled? Probably, yeah. I mean, I mean but I, I, I feel like the offense, it, it's much more than Bortles. I mean, it's, it's right. a lot more. They, they've got so many more problems, and, and he's just a piece of it. I mean, they were dropping passes for him left and right. Uh, Keelan was just not doing his job and, and that was a problem but yeah it, it, it's not just him but yeah I mean why not I mean give somebody else a shot it, it wasn't working right not like Cody Kessler's you know Johnny Unitas coming off the bench either but you know you mentioned that that Jags offense and one thing that surprises me with that team because I thought they were going to come back to earth this year but I thought the O-line would be better than last year and I know they lost Robinson but their O-line has not been great in Jacksonville but let's spin it with your team. I mean, Clowney's been a stud and was a monster today. I don't want to say Watt is back to pre-injuries because that's like the best defensive player I've ever seen, but he's one of the best defensive players in the league and merciless. I mean, the big three stars up front are really disruptive. Romeo and Crennel's defenses, they have a tendency to get better as the season goes along. And I, and I nearly forgot that after the first few games. Somebody reminded me. They said, oh, no, watch Romeo's defense. It'll it'll get better. And J.J. Watt started off the year not good. I mean, he picked it up pretty quickly. But Clowney started off the year really slow. Uh, so did Zach Cunningham. Uh, the, the whole linebacking core, Whitney Merciless. Whitney Merciless, this was the first game where you really felt his presence. He caused a fumble. He had a big sack, nearly caused another fumble uh, later in the game. But, but I mean, the, the Texans' defense, it's now starting to go on all cylinders. And, and their only issue coming into the season really was the cornerback situation. And the cornerback situation, still not great, but they've solidified that. And now the Texans' defense is back to where it's been always with Romeo Crennel over the last few years. I mean, the, the one year that Vrabel had it, they weren't in the top 10. But every year that Romeo's had it, there's pretty much a top 10 defense. And they're back to being one of the 10 best defenses in the NFL. Yeah, Romeo actually, my year with the Browns, Romeo took over for Butch when I was there. So I spent several months with him before we all got fired. Um, very, very impressive person. You know, I, I sat in the war room with him, you know, hour after hour. And the way he evaluated defense and his thoughts on the game were... Very, very impressive. I think that's a great point. Um, you mentioned Cunningham. I mean, I think he's a young guy that is really emerging, too. I bet they're very happy with him, and he fits today's NFL very well. 
the numbers on Cunningham early in the season were, were almost baffling because we expected him to look as good as last year and, and maybe take even a bigger step forward. I mean, you look at the PFF numbers, our friends over at Pro Football Focus, and he, they were fantastic last year for a rookie. And you thought, okay, he's going to get a little bit better. And he was just bad the first few games. It really didn't make any sense, but he's really solidified things. He's picked it up. Uh, and, and, and like I said, it's that whole linebacking court. Everybody just didn't seem like they were right. It was so, something was not right the first mm. few weeks. And all of a sudden it's looked better. Now you got to look at the defense, the offenses that they've been playing so far this season. I mean, it's not the murderer's row of offenses, but if you look at the rest of their schedule, Matt, they don't have to play much of a murderer's row of offense. All right. I mean, out, outside of Brady and maybe Andrew Luck. I mean, the other quarterbacks that they face so far, Mary Oda, Eli Manning, Dak Prescott, uh, the combination of Josh Allen and ugh, Nate, Nathan Peterman. But, you know, moving forward, you know, they got Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum. Yeah, Alex Smith is OK, wow. but then it's Mariota, uh, Baker Mayfield, back to Andrew Luck, Sam Darnold. Uh, Carson Wentz is probably the best quarterback they've got the rest of the way. And then they end off back with the Jags. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned the schedule because. I'm a big fan of Warren Sharp's work and how he does strength of schedule. And he had the Texans has the easiest schedule in the league going into the season. And the way you just laid it out, that's an awful lot of winnable games ahead of him. Right. And I, and I think Deshaun Watson at this point, I never thought I would say this, but they just need him to be a game manager. Don't turn the ball over, make smart decisions. Uh, don't, uh, put him in a lot of risky situations because the offensive line, it's bad. And, it, and by the way, Matt, this offensive line gets killed. It's not just the offensive line. The running backs can't block. The tight ends can't block. That's a good point. I mean, th- they're not getting help from anybody. And Deshaun, you know, he's made some mistakes himself. He doesn't get rid of the ball sometimes. He doesn't make quick decisions, really, as a quarterback. He's still, I feel like, in the learning process. Remember, he hadn't even played 16 full games yet. Sure. So uh, Deshaun... Is he's still getting there, but I mean, just a game manager. This is that simple. Just do that the rest of the way. This defense is top ten, and the special teams, Matt. It's the it's the quiet thing nobody's talking about. They hire Brad Seeley. He won three Super Bowls with uh, Belichick uh, back in the early two thousands, and he's always been a great special teams coordinator. They're now top ten according to you know Football Outsiders DVOA rankings, and and you see it on the field. I mean, they yeah. they, they get the turnover. Uh, in this game, but they, they also, uh, I mean, they've had some turnovers in recent games, but they also are just doing the little things. They're, they're making tackles on special teams. And it's something that we haven't seen much in the last few years with the Texans. They've yeah, been bad. That's a fantastic point. Cause I, I immediately think of them as being bad on special teams just cause it's like been ingrained in my head over these last couple of years. And you're right. It has not been a problem and now it's a strength, you know, in, in these tight games, I mean, that's a massive deal. I mean, it, it really is important. Um, it, it, just want a quick mention, and this isn't surprising, but the corners they went against are pretty damn good. I mean, Hopkins and Fuller, again, were really, really good. And just kind of one of the things I noticed in this game is, you know, we talked about Clowney, Watt, Merciless, that the stars shone in this game, shined. DeAndre Hopkins caught, I think, three passes for 50 yards, but somehow it was a huge impact because... One of them was for a touchdown. One of them was a one-handed awesome. catch, yeah. 30 yards down the field. <laughs> it was one of the highlights of, of the day against Jalen Ramsey. And uh, it, just DeAndre Hopkins is just, I mean, 
if you don't see this guy on a regular basis, it's just ridiculous, the stuff that he does. But Will Fuller, quietly, Will Fuller, everybody thought, oh, Will Fuller, that was, eh, he's not the greatest first-round pick in the world. Mm-hmm. He has really turned, especially this year, into a fantastic receiver. I mean, he, he was a guy that was not known as with great hands. He's making every catch now. He was a guy that... You know, a piece of paper knocked him over. He right. did a bunch of work in the offseason. He added 20 pounds. And he he carried a guy to a first down. He carried several guys to a first down on a third and 10, just like muscled guys. He's so hard to bring down now. It takes like one or two guys. you got to really work to get Will Fuller down. And he weighed probably 155 or something like that last year. I mean, it, it's a transformation just both with his hands and his body that's been extraordinary. Yeah, and I'm sure he's learned a thing or two from being around Hopkins every day. And I wasn't a fan of the pick, and I thought he was Ted Ginn, you know, just a speedster that did one thing. And I also thought that even that one thing, if you're John Ross or Ted Ginn, really helps Hopkins, and so I understand. But you're right, he is much, much more than that now. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's become multidimensional. And, you know, he, he can make the short catches the short uh routes he's he's a good route runner i mean mm-hmm. he's doesn't give nearly enough credit for that but i, I mean if, if you uh uh if you think it's going to be you know that that kind of game then then he could beat you over the top for sure and if, if deshaun just had a uh, offensive line and some guys in front of him that can block long enough we, we'd probably see more of his on-field game uh deshaun a lot of times just doesn't have the time to 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 go okay i'm gonna wait and let will fuller get deep on people yeah good point uh, Robert, this was great. Can you tell everyone where to find you? Uh, everyone needs to check on the Locked On Texans podcast. And then I want to tell everyone about Vivid Seats, who I just used last week. Hey, thanks so much uh, for having me on. And it's at Locked On Texans. Uh, my personal one is at HST Podcast. I also host the Houston Sports Talk podcast. So uh, just uh, find us there. And uh, great to have you. Great to talk with you. And great to be on the show. Yeah, I'm sure we'll do it again. Looks like there could be some wins in the Texans future and they're a team to really pay attention to now and as I mentioned you got to pay attention to uh, our folks over at Vivid Seats too I mean they are they came through huge for me with Metallica tickets last week I'm gonna buy some Penguin tickets here coming up fortunately for my job I don't need to go to the NFL games I, I, I get that all taken care of but I'm sure you don't so go check out you know Vivid Seats right now I love their app, to be honest with you. I mean, that's the easiest thing for me to use. I think it's great. But Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. Listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person, as I did last week with Metallica. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, and sports, concerts, theater, comedy, whatever you're looking for. They have great prices and easy purchasing experience. With our podcast code locked on, all one word, all caps, you get twenty bucks off orders two hundred dollars or more if you're a first time customer. So go do it, give it a try. Uh, go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Like I said, that's absolutely my favorite thing to do to use. Enter promo code locked on to receive twenty bucks off orders two hundred dollars or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats, and of course, all Vivid Seats. Orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are back with the last leg of the journey. We are talking Chargers with Dave Drogemeyer. Uh, We already talked Panthers. We already talked Texans. Another winning team that things are going in the right direction is the L.A. Chargers. They get the win over Tennessee, (laughs) barely in the end, across the pond. Dave, what is shaking, dude? Hey, not a whole lot, man. Uh, Here in Chargers land, a lot of excitement. I mean, Chargers come off a a tough victory here, uh, winning four straight. Uh, It wasn't a pretty one, as you alluded to, but uh, in the National Football League, a win is a win. Yeah, and a kind of a desperate Titans team in a, in a foreign land. Any kind of win's fine by me in those kind of situations. Yeah, no, it's definitely – it's a tough situation because, you know, for the, for the Chargers specifically, you know, they played the Cleveland Browns, and then they stayed in Cleveland all week until they flew to London on Friday. So oh, they wow. tried to save a couple hours on – the uh on on the trip but uh you know whenever you're going to that big of a time difference you know eight hours or so it it takes a couple days for the body to get adjusted so uh you know that's it's never never an easy uh transition but uh they handled it well yeah i I didn't realize that's an interesting strategy um i'm gonna kind of start with the end i mean were you as shocked as i that tennessee decided to go for two and was your feeling, were you happy or, sa- or scared about it when it happened? And as I was watching the game, I kind of got the feeling that Tennessee was getting stronger as the game went on on both sides of the ball, while the Chargers were getting weaker on both sides of the ball as it went on. So if I was a Chargers fan, I'd have been like, man, I'm not too excited about going to OT. Yeah, no, definitely not excited. The The Titans dominated the majority of this game. I mean, the Chargers got off to a hot start, but the Titans dominated the time of possession. They had about 20 more plays than the Chargers, and the Chargers' defense was out there for a long time. The they uh, the chart the Titans' defense, or just the you know Titans team in general, did a great job of playing keep away. You know, getting yeah. taking uh, the ball and keeping it and not giving it back to Philip Rivers. And you know, just going back to the first question, yeah, I was very surprised that uh, they were going to go for two in that situation. But you know, hey, rookie head coach wanted to make a name for himself, wanted to believe in his players that they were going to be able to get it done and. Uh, unfortunately, you know, they, it didn't work out. They even had two tries at it because the first one, there's a, a, a holding penalty on Casey Hayward. Uh, they got another shot and the chargers, uh, made them pay. Uh, they made the play and, you know, they, uh, squeaked out of London with a win. Yeah. And, you know, you can look at it two ways kind of, because yeah, you lost the turnover or the, the, uh, time of possession battle. And that's exactly how Tennessee wants to play. Weird week of preparation. You could see how the team, especially the defense, would start to wear out in the end. But part of the reason you lost the turnover differential was because you waited a what a one yard or one play drive for seventy five yards. I mean, 
you're hitting big plays on offense. I mean, you're just not, you're too good on offense. Yeah, no, that's a good problem to have, obviously. And that's the second week in a row that Tyrell Williams has come up big. You know, mm-hmm. not a lot of catches, but a lot of yards. You know, three catches, 115-plus yards against the Browns, and he did it again against the, the Titans. And he, he did four catches for 118 yards and that 75-yard bomb. I mean, seems like he's been getting one of those uh, every week. So he's a, a guy that, you, the, you know, people around the league need to start paying a little bit more attention to. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a team that's loaded with playmakers. And, you know, the guy who's, well, not stirred the drink. Because, I honestly, I think Rivers has been the best quarterback in the league this year. I, I've said that going into this week. But Melvin Gordon was obviously a key component that wasn't there. And to get a win in this situation without him, too, is, is absolutely huge. It's massive because, I mean, all week we're, you know, we're expecting to get uh, Melvin Gordon in there. You know, we didn't have any problems until he was a late addition to the injury report mm-hmm. with a, a hamstring injury. And, you know, uh, Anthony Lynn said after the game that it was just a precaution. You know, they didn't want this to be a lingering issue. And uh, obviously it showed. I mean, they, they missed Melvin Gordon a lot. They only got uh, about 50 yards rushing on, uh, on the game. And, again, the Titans are a great defense. You know, yeah, yeah. the offense is awful, uh, you know, with, with mad, the numbers. Yeah. That they're, they're towards the bottom of the league. But uh, And, you know, they gave, a bun- uh, gave up a bunch of sacks uh, last week. But they were much better this week. And, you know, they uh, had a great game plan, and they implemented it almost to perfection. Yeah, and – you would think now, you know, Gordon gets a great break. He should come back with fresh legs and be as good or better than ever. Um, do you think Bosa returns when we see the Chargers next? He uh, absolutely will return. All wow, reports, uh, you know, coming from his dad, coming from the Chargers, coming from uh, head coach Anthony Lynn, we all expect uh Joey Bosa to be back after the bye, which is massive because uh, Joey is one of the best players in the league not mm-hmm. not only just on the defense but in the league he is a terror and when you pair him with Melvin Ingram uh and not just Melvin Ingram Joey Bosa is the type of player that elevates the game of everyone else around him so you know he's a transcendent talent and to get him back for the back half uh of the the season which to me is probably a little bit more important oh, than, sure. the, than the first half uh, you know, you're going in with momentum, four games, four wins in a row. And uh, when you get a guy of that caliber back on your defense, it only can bode well for the team going forward. I think it's massive, you know, and to be in this position without him this long is really encouraging. And his partner in crime, Ingram, I thought had a really good game today, too. Yeah, no, I mean, Melvin Ingram is doing everything that he can. I mean, he's rushing the passer, he's getting interceptions, he's getting in passing lanes. Melvin Ingram is a incredible athlete he can do everything on the football field i mean i've seen him throw it 70 yards through the air uh i've seen him try to rush uh you know he got his uh first and only offensive touch last week and you know he'll swear that he got into the end zone but uh (laughs) he didn't quite make it but melvin ingram is a fantastic player and you know with you know joey being out they've been able to double team him and try to erase mm-hmm. him as much as possible you can only hold a good player away for so long and uh, you know he's done a good job without bosa but you know i think you're really going to see the best of melvin ingram when joey bosa returns yeah i 100% agree and not to mention you know 
a guy like Derwin James, who wasn't there last year with Bosa. I mean, it's just one more star to the mix. You know, Hayward's still a really, really good player. Uh, guys like King are much better than people realize. We mentioned some of the star power on offense. I, I said, you know, I think Rivers is having the best season of any quarterback in the league. I mean, like, there's a lot of star power here. I have two concerns, though. I have a couple little concerns. And then we'll, we'll get, again, I've got a bigger question for you. I think today was kind of an isolated incident, although we saw some of it last week, and we saw a ton of it last year. Tackling was a problem today. Um, you know, uh, is, are they past that? Does that concern you? you know, or do you think it's kind of an isolated incident? incident? No, it's not an isolated incident, yeah. Matt. It's a huge problem. The Chargers' defense, you know, they're good at the bend but don't break. But they've been bending a little bit too much with the mistakes. <laughs> right. I mean, one guy in specifically, uh, you know, I hate to pinpoint, but Jaleel Adai had a lot of missed tackles. And, you know, he's got had a lot of missed tackles at, uh, at the safety position. And, and it seems like the coaching staff just continues to throw him out there. But, you know, he, he's not the only one. I mean, I saw several several missed tackles on the game, and it's ugly. That's something they absolutely – that a- absolutely has to be a point of emphasis and a focus going into this bye week. They need to get that corrected and quick. Yeah, and it, well, I mean, I, I'm really aware of it because you mentioned, and you know, I, I'm a big fan of football outsiders, and I spent all training camp with the Steelers, and it was brought up over and over and over in Pittsburgh. Hey, the Steelers are the worst tackling team in the league in 2017. Well, it was either them or the Chargers. I mean, they were by far the worst two tackling defenses in the league. So I've really had my eyes open to it. And then watching today was going, ooh, this is a concern. Yeah, no, it is a concern. I mean, they cleaned it up a little bit uh, better from last year right. to this year. And I think Derwin James has a lot to do with it. I mean, the kid's multi-talented. He's a great tackler. Desmond King is a great tackler. But there's three or four other guys in that defense that really need to get that cleaned up. I mean, it's just – it's hard to watch. And that's uh, the reason why this – defense is not playing to its full potential if they get the tackling fixed they get some good turnovers they get decent pressure that's going to get better obviously here soon but that's the biggest problem and i think they know it and hopefully they take the time to fix it yeah and for those that don't know i don't have this in front of me but i think i'm correct on this in the last 17 games because i wrote this up before this week the, the the chargers only losses are two to the chiefs one in Jacksonville when they were playing really, really well. One to the Patriots and one to the Rams. Like, that's not the worst resume I've ever seen over 17 games. I think this is a heck of a football team right now. Yeah, they're they're a tremendous football team. They have one of the best offenses in the league. You already alluded to, to talking about Phillip Rivers and how phenomenal he's been. I mean, 17 touchdowns, only three interceptions. Yeah. That is MVP caliber play from the quarterback position, if I've ever seen it. So he's been phenomenal. The, Melvin Gordon's having the best year of his career, uh, you know, rushing and receiving. He's such a dual threat now. He's been such a, you know, his receiving has just gotten better and better as he's been in the league. He's really, you know, the cog that makes this offense go. You saw how much the, the you know, the running game really suffered without him today. And when he's on the football field, things just seem to move at a better pace. He's running harder this year. He's breaking tackles. Uh, you know, they're getting contributions from Tyra Williams. They're getting touchdowns from Mike Williams, mm-hmm. their first round pick from last year. 
Uh, Keenan Allen is, you know, doing what he does, extending, you know, the extending drives, getting first downs, hasn't gotten in the end zone yet, which I know is probably bugging the heck out of him, but he is uh, definitely being productive and, you know, he's Rivers' safety blanket for sure. And the defense, uh, very underrated, uh, and they're just going to get a whole lot better uh, when Bosa comes back. I mean, I don't think people understand how much of a difference he, he can make, but they will very soon. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, imagine if they had Hunter Henry. Imagine if they had a Ugh. legitimate home field advantage. Imagine if they had special <laughs> teams that I could trust. You know, I, I still am not exactly on board there. Dave, last question for you and for our fans, because probably most of you are listening this after. Cincinnati and the Chiefs have not kicked off yet as we're recording this. How many teams in the AFC would you put ahead of the Chargers right now? One. I mean, I, I think that the Chargers can definitely beat the Patriots. Uh, I think the blueprint is there for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, don't don't give Tom Brady the ball with any time at all in the fourth quarter. Uh, that's not going to go one over you, very the well Chiefs? for you. Is the one the Chiefs? Or yes. Or, okay. Yeah, no, the Chiefs have had the Chargers number for, I don't know, ever since Andy Reid has taken over. I mean, yeah. they just have not been able to solve that puzzle. And, uh, you know, until they're able to beat the Chiefs, it is them. You know, not only just because they're leading the division, but like I said, they've had the Chargers number. So that is the team on the top of the mountain that the Chargers need to knock off. And until they do, they're going to be there. Yeah, and Reid's unbelievable against the, 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 the divisional foes. I do think they will come back to earth a little bit, though. Um, we'll see. Uh, maybe it's happening as people are listening to this. We will see. But, Dave, where can everybody see you? I kept you longer than I planned. What We'll have to have you back soon. The Chargers are a fun team. Tell everyone where to find you on Twitter, and everyone needs to check out the Locked on Chargers podcast for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Locked on LAC. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, on our Facebook page, Locked on Chargers. We try to get you guys four to five shows a week, and uh, – you know, we've had some great success, so I want to you know, give a shout-out to all the listeners. And if you haven't checked us out, subscribe to us. iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, you'll find the Locked On Chargers podcast. Without question. Thanks, everyone. That is going to wrap it up. I am going to get this out to you so you can listen to it on Sunday night while I am watching Chiefs-Bengals, uh, expecting a fun one in that contest. And I will get back to you on Tuesday when we sit down with Sage Rosenfels and Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. will be on Wednesday. My buddy Mike Sando on Thursday, and then we'll be back to picking games once again at my bookie on Friday. So that's a wrap. Over and out. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 